and sent to a prison. While in prison, James accepted Christ as his savior. And he served his time. He eventually went into the ministry. Years later, he sought out his father to reconcile with him. When they got together, the conversation turned to prison life. James' father asked, which prison were you in? James told him, and his father was taken aback. I helped build that prison. And his father was really surprised. And he said he had been a welder who went from place to place building penitentiaries. Pastor Ryle concluded, I was in the prison my father built. And he says, a father's example builds a place to live for his children. Will it be a house or a prison? We have a story before us today that affected me. Fathers, what are we building for our children? In Luke 15, Christ related to the people one of the most poignant stories in all literature, in my opinion and that of the old prodigal son. Nearly everyone can relate to one of the characters. We have three characters in this story. The prodigal son, we have the older brother, right? And we have the father. And if we look at them, we can preach about any one of these three, a long message. And each of these characters teaches us important lessons for Christians to learn. In verse 20 to 24, if you open your Bible to the uh, Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. And you know the story of the prodigal son? And uh, I spoke about that about three years ago, about the far country, if you remember. He was, now, from 2024, I want to take the father. And uh, let's uh, look at verse 20. And it says, the prodigal son got up, verse 20, and came to his father. By, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in your sight I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves quickly, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fattened calf, kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and now has been found. 
May God bless his word. This is a beautiful story before us. And today I want to talk a little bit about a picture of the Father's heart. A picture of the Father's heart. And if we look closely at this Father that we have before us this morning, uh, we see some characteristics. And I want to talk about mainly three characteristics of the Father. The first one, he was patient. He was patient. Although the son had been gone for a long time to have famine in the, in the far country, and it's been a long time, and he's gone, uh, but the father was still looking for him. If you notice, the father, well, he had strained his eyes, as it were, looking for his son down the long, dusty road and waiting for his sight and wondering, when will I see my son coming back? He never gave up, nor gave up hope. He waited patiently for the Lord to bring him back, and God compensated his patience. He was patient. The Bible says, as we read, he saw him a great way off from far. And it says in verse 20, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His eyes never got tired of looking for his wayward son. And he expected, he lived in expectation, day and night, waiting for the son to come back. Fathers, if I may address you and address myself today, how patient are we with our children? When they falter, when they have, when come with questions, and so many times the questions never stop, do you know that? And you get and say, I'll talk to you later. When they falter on life's pathway, when they have some mistakes they make, how do we treat them? Do we have the patience that our Heavenly Father is teaching us in this story to be patient? In James 1.4 we read, let patience have its perfect work. And I address all the fathers, me included, let patience have its perfect, perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. May God help us to imitate the heart of this Father. Let us pray for patience. It's one of uh, the great attributes that God wants every father to have, patience. And nowadays, uh, you can see that uh, patience is getting short in many households and many fathers. And may God help us not to be one of those at all. Someone said, living would be easier if men showed as much patience at home as they do when they are waiting for a fish to bite. That should send a message to us all and should remind, remind us of the patience of God. And if we look at God the Father, 
how patiently he waited for us to come home. How he was looking after us. How he was using all circumstances in, the li in our lives to just bring us in, to reel us in. It's more patiently he was than someone waiting for a fish to bite. He was so patient, and he's still, and he will be for us to come home or to heed the message of his calling. May God help us to imitate our heavenly father, and never to forget that we were once astray, lost, without God, but with his patience and kindness, he brought us in. Oh, for the grace of God, how lovely it is. There's a story I read, and I will try to be, it's a long story, but I'll try to make it brief. Some years ago, a manufacturing town of Scotland, the one who owned this manufacturing place was the superintendent of the Sunday school. And one of the teachers came to him and she t told him, he said, sir, I, my heart is set on these, on the children that have no father, no mother, children who are living, they're playing there in the mud on a daily basis as I come through to come to church. He said, well, go get them. Go get them and start a Sunday school class. She did. And the worst, the, the story says, and most unpromising boy was his name was Bob. And after two or three Sundays, he was missing. She will go, she won't find him. And the superintendent having this manufacturing uh, place, he said, well, promise them that if they come to Sunday school, I'll give them each a Sunday school suit. So he made them suits, and this boy came. She went and brought him, and they dressed him. But next Sunday, he wasn't there. They looked for the suit, was gone. And she came to him, he said, he tore his suit. He doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have anything to wear. He said, bring him in, promise him another suit. Okay, she promised him another suit. He attended Sunday school class. He went, next Sunday didn't show up. When they caught him after two, three Sundays, no suit, the suit was gone. He was still in the gutters. And she, to she told, then the Sunday school teacher said, well, you know, I'm going to give up on him and I won't continue with this class. He said, no, don't give up on him. Go after him. She went and she told him, if you promise to come to Sunday school every Sunday, we're going to give you another suit. He said, okay, I promise. The superintendent told her, I can't but hope there is something good in Bob. And let's try him. Bob did promise, and he honored his promise. Third time. He attended regularly. He became a young man. He grew up. He accepted the Lord as Savior. He continued there. And then he joined the church. 
he was made a teacher of Sunday school. And the end of the story, it says, this discouraging, wandering, lost boy went to be a great missionary in China and translated the Bible into the Chinese language and by so doing opened the kingdom of heaven to the teeming millions of that vast country. The secret of all this is the patience of the superintendent of Sunday school. May the Lord give us this patience. We shall not give up on any person, especially our children. Don't say they are a lost cause. Don't say I give up on them. Don't say that I have no hope anymore. I am here to tell you, we have a God and who is the God of all hopes. And he will help us. Again, he will help you and me. And I think one day we can sit down after getting experiences of God's patience, we can share little stories about how the patient of each and every father brought many results and positive ones. Don't give up. He was patient. The other word, he was loving. He was loving. Fathers, this is for us. When he saw his son coming, what, what did he do? The Bible says he ran to him. He ran to him. He could not wait for his son to come to him. He immediately hugged and kissed him. And father, wait a minute. He took your money. He took, his, he took everything. He didn't care for you. He didn't write you a letter. He didn't call you. He didn't, he didn't contact you. He didn't do anything. He forgot all these feelings. He forgot everything. He ran to him and kissed him. He did not even ask for an explanation of where he had been. Or what he had been doing. He did not give him a lecture. You should have known better son. He did not tell him I told you so. He didn't say I hope you have learned your lesson. Fathers how loving should we be. And how wise should we be. If we have a situation with our children. May God help us to have patience. And then the second thing what? Love. He was, he was loving. The father did more than that. He ordered his servants saying, put a ring on his hand. Welcome him back. He welcomed him back. A ring is ever the pledge of love and loyalty and fidelity. It identifies with him that he still belongs to our family. And uh, that ring was a pledge of the father's love of his son returning home. I can hear almost the Heavenly Father, his voice to each and every father this morning, rather now this afternoon. Anyone who comes to him, anyone who comes to him with the assurance, telling him nothing shall separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you, have a if you are a child, a son, a daughter, of a father and your father has been praying for you and he would love 
love to see you. Come home. Come to him. Accept him as your savior. Let me tell you one thing. All the angels of heaven will have a choir singing and will rejoice in having one, only one soul coming to him. I can, hold, I can also hear the heavenly father say to this undeserving sinner, my son, you did not show me any reverence. You turned your back on me. You left me and went your way. That's the heavenly father. And you denied me in front of your friends. You never thought of me. You never accepted me as your heavenly father. You did not even indicate that you even loved me or reciprocate my love. You turned your back upon me and you went your own way. Do you hear that? Do you hear the voice of the father this morning? You went your self-willed way and now you have come. And now you're hearing my supplication. You have re realized in some measure that you're in sin. And you need someone to love you. Though you love me a little right now. I know you're human. I know you're frail. But I love you still. And I want you to come. If there's someone amongst us this morning, a young man, a young woman, a child of a father and mother who's been praying for him, I beg you to listen to the voice of the father. Come to me. And I will in no way send you out. I want you to know that no matter what you do or you don't do, I still love you. I want to save you. I want to change your life. I want to take you and press you to my chest because I love you with an everlasting love. He took him in. He gave him a ring. Forgave him. And definitely the son came back asking for forgiveness. Third thing, we said he was patient. Secondly, he was loving. Thirdly, he was forgiving. He was forgiving. We know he was forgiving because his actions demonstrated that. We don't need to prove that. So anxious was he to forgive his son that he did not let him finish his plea. It says in verse 18, 19, the son, he, he rehearsed what he was going to tell his father. You know, he rehearsed. I will go. Uh, he had the rehearsal, you know. And the son plans to ask his father to make him a servant. But the father cuts him off before he gets that far. For we see in verses 21 and 22 here, the father restored his wayward son to his original place. He treated him with high, highest honors. Fathers, how forgiving are they? 
This young man was given, was forgiven when he only said he would confess. Not when he did confess. He planned. He planned to confess. He forgave him. And God knows your heart and mine. God knows your heart. If you plan to confess to the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, if you plan to come to him, you don't have to do more than that. There's the intent. There's the motive there. And God takes you and changes your life. He wouldn't let you complete the sentence. This is how loving and forgiving our God is. And my call today is for anyone who's still without Christ, who's still without a heavenly father, to come to the father of all and accept him as savior and a great father. Confess your sins and come to him. Corrie ten Boom once said, forgiveness is letting go of the rope of retribution. And the Father in heaven will forget everything. Do you think he remembers your sins and mine? Do you think he would still remember your sins, young man or young woman? Do you still he would tell you, oh, well, this and this and this and that? The moment you tell him, I accept you as my Savior, I confess to you I am a sinner, he will not bring. And his, uh, his iniquities I shall remember no more. That's what he said. He will remember nothing. And if you do remind him, he said, excuse me, I don't remember. This is forgotten. And may God help us as fathers to treat our children with a forgiveness such as this one. And he says, I will make you a son of mine. Remember that. That's, that's what happened to the son. He went back to his original state and even more, regardless. One of President Lincoln's associates scolded him rather severely for being soft, for giving to his enemies. Why do you insist on trying to make friends to them? One of his associates told him, you should be trying to destroy them all. To which Lincoln replied, and listen to this, he replied gently, am I not destroying my enemies when I make them my friends? Father, make out of your children your friends, and you will win the game. You'll win the game. That's true forgiveness. In speaking of those who were his enemies during the Civil War, Lincoln is reported to have said, insane as it may seem, I hold malice toward none of them. I have neither the time nor the energy in this life to hold that kind of resentment. I have other things to do and the grand things for this nation. The father was more anxious, as we see in this story, to forgive, to forgive than being forgiven himself. And that's a true, a true heart of a father. If an earthly father is that anxious to forgive, how is it then with our heavenly father? He was patient. 
may God give us his patience. He was loving. Father, we should love just exactly like God loved us. Fathers, we should forgive like God has forgiven us. And I want to add another word. This father that we read about, he had his priorities in the right place. The most important thing was not that his son had sinned, we know. Not he had taken advantage of his money, taken advantage of him. Not that he had caused his father untold grief. Nights and days and months and years most probably, he did not sleep well. He was sad. He was broken hearted. He wanted his son to repent and come back. But the most important thing that counted to this father is that he was alive and came home. He was alive and came home. It's the end of the story that counts, not the beginning. And how did it end? That son came repentant. He learned his lesson. He found out that the world can never give any peace, any hope. No comfort like dad's comfort. No place like dad's place. No love like father, my father's love. No forgiveness like my father's forgiveness. No patience like my father's patience. I better, I better leave this world. And pack my things, if he had any, and come home. This is what mattered to the father. When the older brother came and he said, hey, what, 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 what's going on? I've been home and you never gave me a, a party. He was away. He took your money. He disobeyed you. He lived in sin. He said, but he repented and came back. Listen, and what he told him, we should be merry, son. Why? Because your brother was dead. He's alive again. He was lost, but he's been found. Fathers, may God give us God's heart. May God open the windows of heaven and pour his love in our hearts, his patience in our hearts, his forgiveness in our hearts, so we can truly imitate the Father's heart. And if I could, in about half an hour, give you a picture of the Father's heart and at least a glimpse of it. That means I have accomplished what I wanted to do. And I hope, as fathers, on this very day that we celebrate, be a father like our Heavenly Father. Amen? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our Father, we thank you because we can call you our Father, because you have forgiven us our sins. You have taken our iniquities away. You have had patience on us, and you show us your love ah, every day. How thankful we are to be called children of God, and we have a truly our 
Heavenly Father. We call you that because we have assurance that we are children of God. We pray that we will follow these characteristics in our lives at home, at work, with our children, with people outside, so people can see the love of the Father in us. Give us a beautiful day, each and every person today, whatever the program is or the plan, may you be with each and every one and protect us from evil. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen. The meeting is over. Have a, have a very happy Father's Day. And God bless you all.